I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I. <laughs> Welcome to Kids Birth Tales. My brother's name is Ozzy and I'm Die Boy. Thank you for missing from Mommy's podcast. Later. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I am your host Jordan. Thank you so much for choosing to have me in your ears today, wherever you are listening from in the world. I am the host of your podcast today. I am a mum of two boys. I've got Jai who is three, Ali who's one and a half and I also have a business baby called Your Birth Project. Your Birth Project is an online hypnobirthing course and now in-person hypnobirthing course based in Papamoa, New Zealand. Um, I also have the Your Birth Project online store, which is pregnancy, birth and postpartum related products and the Your Birth Project journal, which is a pregnancy, birth and postpartum journal. It is the most beautiful keepsake and it's got a heap of birth education in there too. So that is a little bit about me. I would love to hear from you wherever you're listening from in the world. Hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, send me a message on Instagram, send me an email, whatever you want to do. I'll drop the um, links in the show notes so that you can find me. But I love hearing from you. I'd love to know what you want to hear more of on the podcast. And yeah, what are we talking about today? I have a wonderful birth story for you today with first time mum Hannah. And Hannah takes us through her pregnancy journey where she had a very severe case of HG, hyperemesis gravidarium. <laughs> I think I've said that correctly. Um, but it is an awful sort of pregnancy um, sickness and she was vomiting, you know, most of her pregnancy pretty much every day um, and she didn't have the sort of um, HG that went away you know she says talks how um, people would tell her that it would go away at this time or this time and it just never did so um, she talks us through that she talks us through her birth anxiety and fear around giving birth and where that had come from she talks to us about bonding and pregnancy um, and then into her fast spontaneous labor at 38 and 2 so a really interesting story We've got lots of postpartum info in there for you too, so make sure you stick around for that. I would love to hear how you find this episode, so yeah, make sure you send me a message, but I will let you jump into the episode now. Enjoy. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, nice to be here. <laughs> Amazing. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, so um, I'm Hannah. I am in Whangarei and with my husband um, and my son Max who's um, just about 10 weeks old. <laughs> we still a little babe, very cool. Yeah, still very little. <laughs> yeah, awesome, cool. And we're going to talk through all things pregnancy, birth and mum life today. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> but maybe if you just start us off with uh, what the journey to pregnancy was like for you and your hubby. Yeah, so um, we, my husband and I got married um, pretty much bang on a year ago. And once we, we, we sort of decided that once we got married, we'd um, sort of not not try, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, and I, after the first month of that, I thought I was pregnant. And I was about six days late and I did a test and um, with a friend actually, and it came back negative and she said, oh, how do you, like, how do you feel about it? And I was a lot more disappointed than I thought I would be. Mm. And I mean, it was only the first, um, the first sort of go, I guess, but um, I was surprised that I was quite disappointed. So I, I came home and I said to my husband, no, if we're going to do this, let's just actually try. Mm. Um, and we were really lucky and we f fell pregnant on the first go. So that was quite a shock because I sort of mm -hmm. expected it would take a lot longer than that um yeah but yeah we were really fortunate cool and when you found out you were pregnant um how did you sort of tell your hubby and what was your approach around 
like did you tell anybody else at the time um or did you want to wait until like 12 weeks like some people do what was your sort of approach there um yeah so I I came I remember um in the morning so I thought oh you've got a test in the morning and it was before work and I was like oh, I'll do a test and it came back negative and I was like oh okay yeah you know sweet as it's still pretty early I still hadn't missed my period yet and um I went to work, came back that afternoon, and the test was sitting on the counter, and um, I saw two lines, like a positive, and I thought, oh no, it's just an evaporation line, it's, um, it, like, because it, I've left it there for nine hours mm -hmm. or something, mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, sitting there, I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do another one, just to put my mind at ease, and I was at home alone, and I had always thought that I would do the test with my husband, Ben, um, but did another one, came back positive, and I was in complete shock. Mm -hmm. And um, Ben was out, yeah, out at the time. I think he was still at work. So I thought I'll I'll nip down to the shops and get some little bits and pieces. And um, we, my partner and I have this. Um, I don't know if it's cool or like a little bit lame, but um, <laughs> this thing that we do together and we've got this basket and you can just fill the basket randomly at any time with any little goodies or anything and surprise the other person with it if they need like a little yeah. pick-me-up or for yeah. a cute date idea or something so I nice. thought oh I'll go and get some bits and I'll put them in the basket and surprise them that way but um we actually had to go out to a friend's for dinner that night and he got home and we only had about five minutes before we had to leave and I thought if I tell him I'm not going to be able to keep a straight face at dinner mm -hmm. So I waited and then we got home and I told him later that evening and um, that was pretty special. We were both really excited and obviously really surprised that it happened so quickly. Um, and then from there we were sort of like, well, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> do I mean to like, call the doctors or call mm -hmm. someone? I don't know. I've never been through this before. Um, so my mum's actually a nurse so I thought oh, we'll, t we'll tell her and she can give us some advice because we don't know what the heck we're doing um so the next day um I surprised her with a little I told her I'd done some baking for her to pick up and I put um the test in a little container and so when she opened the container she saw it and she was pretty shocked because I had told her no 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 we're nowhere near that stage of life <laughs> yet and rah 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 um but yeah, so she helped us with sort of, she was like, no, you don't really need to do anything yet and, you know, find a midwife and all that sort of rowdy, rowdy, rada. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then we just sort of, we just sort of told people as it felt right, I guess. We didn't really wait for the 12 weeks for everyone. Mm -hmm. I sort of felt like if I, if anything was to happen, I would want those people, um, you know, a select amount of people around us to mm -hmm. know and be there for support anyway. Um mm -hmm. So I told my sisters and some, um, and we told um, Ben's family as well and um, a couple of close friends too. So it was nice to have people in on the, the journey from the start. Yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And how were you feeling like, apart from the sort of initial shock of um, <laughs> seeing a positive <laughs> Yes. Um, how were you feeling in that first trimester in terms of pregnancy symptoms and yeah what did that look like for you um the first trimester well my whole pregnancy was pretty difficult I um from about six weeks or up until then I was like oh, I don't have any symptoms you know I'm doing really well and yay and um from about six weeks I started to get really sick um so I, what I thought was just normal pregnancy sickness or a bit of, well, they call it morning sickness, but it seems to last most, most, mostly all day for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I started to get really unwell and was vomiting a lot and really, really nauseous and just couldn't keep anything down and was really struggling to get any water in. And um, so eventually went to the doctors and was really dehydrated um, and got some IV fluids for the first time then. And yeah. um, around that time was when I got diagnosed with hyperemesis, which mm -hmm. is basically a condition in pregnancy that um, means that you're really ill. So yeah. just, yeah, constant vomiting and nausea. 
um, which was really not nice. And no. that continued throughout the whole pregnancy for me. Oh, um, yeah, it was, it was really hard. And yeah. I think it was especially hard in that first sort of 12 weeks because a lot of people didn't know that I was mm. pregnant. And so I was isolating myself from a lot of friends um, mm. because I just couldn't go out. I just didn't have any energy and I was so sick. And um, I know a, a lot of friends were sort of like, oh, I don't know, my friendship's changed with Hannah a bit. I don't know if she's all right or anything like mm. that. And I think for a few people, when we told them we were pregnant, it was like, oh, yes, okay, that makes sense. Um, but still really hard to explain to people just mm. how um, debilitating that is. Yeah. Yeah. And was there anything like, I know that you said you sort of got diagnosed and maybe got some help, but what actually did help for you, if anything? Um, because I know that there were people who listened to this who either unfortunately end up with hyperemesis or have it like right now <laughs> um yeah so yeah what did that look like in terms of help for you um for me I I put off talking to, or going to see anyone about it um for quite a while because I just thought it was mm. normal and I wasn't yeah. sure if I was just um you know being dramatic or um I guess I was sort of invalidating myself in a way um but once I did I was put on a few different medications so I um I can't remember the names of them now but mm. um basically anti-nausea medications to just try and stop the vomiting so that I could keep some food in and because I was losing weight at this stage as well um and then would go in for IV fluids every couple of days as well just to try and keep mm. my hydration up um and I was, I was really fortunate that my doctors did them on site so I didn't have to go through ED each time which was oh, yeah. really lucky because I know a lot of people have that struggle as well mm -hmm. and how did you feel like mentally with hyperemesis did it make you feel like you know what what feelings did you have towards your pregnancy and like what was your mental health like um through that stage yeah um I think it was oh it took a massive massive toll mentally mm. um mm. especially towards the end because I think in the beginning people kept saying oh you know just wait until you hit the 16 weeks or so and mm. it should ease off and then 16 weeks rolled around and it wasn't easing off and um and then people would say the same oh I was sick until 20 weeks so you sort of wait until 20 weeks mm. and then it doesn't ease off and same thing it just kept on going and it's a very um it's really taxing on the body for starters, but also when you can't do any of the stuff that you used to be able to do, like I couldn't exercise, I couldn't clean the house, mm. I couldn't cook dinner, I couldn't do really, really basic things, I couldn't work. Um, it takes such a toll because you end up just being this like shell of a person essentially, mm. um, which again might sound really dramatic to people who haven't had it, but if anyone out there is listening that has had it, I'm sure they'll get what I mean. But um, yeah, towards the end there, my mental health was really taking, it was really taking its toll on it. Um, mm. And we spoke to my midwife and even talked about the possibility of an induction just because I was just struggling so much with being mm. so sick um, yeah. and and was finding it really hard to, connect to our baby as well mm. in a way mm. um and just yeah I think I tried really hard to not um make it the baby's fault if that makes sense or not yeah. you know not blame it on the baby but um it was it was quite tricky and and mm. we had um we decided to have a surprise baby as well and so not knowing the gender almost made it a little bit more difficult to mm. um connect in a way yeah. yeah 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 I can understand that I think like I absolutely love the idea of a surprise I'm not sure I've got the self-control to ever do it <laughs> but <laughs> maybe when you know like the sex you sort of find a find ways to be like you know connect things that you might like to do or names or anything like that yeah that might, um, might sort of connect you so I can understand that feeling 
yeah and I I like I, I did love having a surprise and it was it was really fun yeah. but at the same time there I think a lot of people don't talk about those um like pros and cons of it mm. I guess maybe finding out earlier might have helped me to connect a little bit more um yeah. Yeah. and I was so scared that once I had the baby I was not gonna bond with them yeah. because of being so sick yeah 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 fair enough and what about like in terms of the rest of your pregnancy did you do any um like antenatal or birth education or did you just feel too awful <laughs> to even think about <laughs> any of that stuff um we tried so yeah. I tried to do a like um one of the weekend courses up here in Whangarei but mm-hmm. um we got to about midday on the first day and I was too sick so we had to come home and then didn't make it to the second day so we didn't really do um antenatal classes but I did do your birth project um because a friend had recommended it to me and I am so glad I did I'm not just Mm -hmm. saying this because I'm talking to you but um (laughs) I'd keep recommending it to any of my pregnant friends because it really helped shift my mindset around labor especially mm. um I think my mindset on pregnancy was pretty negative at that point but <laughs> yeah. um yeah. but especially around birth um I, I I felt anyway that a lot of the education we had growing up was really negative and mm. um instilled a lot of fear in birth mm. and I had a lot of um yeah fear I guess or um, I was really scared of it because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to tear and how am I going to push this watermelon out and mm. um, all that sort of, those sorts of um, worries, I guess. But it, yeah. it helped me feel a lot more confident. Yeah, amazing. That's very cool. Thank you for your kind words. <laughs> <laughs> and what about like thoughts around birth? Did you have any idea where you wanted to give birth what you wanted your birth to look like what were your um plans there yeah so I think um for me I'm not much of a planner I'm not a very organized person I'm willing to admit that that's a downfall of mine um and so I didn't want to go in super planned but just prepared for any sort of outcomes I guess um and my main sort of goals were that I I wanted to labor at home for as long as I could and um then give birth at the hospital yeah yeah awesome cool and were you doing anything in the final stages of your pregnancy other than just trying to survive um (laughs) to prepare for labor or like were you doing antenatal expressing were you doing perennial massage what did that um labor prep look like for you um, I did a lot of, I tr- well, I tried to do a lot of um, stretching, um, like pelvic floor stretches and um, just to try and open my hips up. I, I have quite tight um, hip flexors and hips and stuff. Mm. So I was kind of just a bit, I don't know, I was a bit worried about that. But that was mainly it um, as far as like preparation goes, I guess. Um, yeah. Because, it, yeah, everything else... Um, especially towards the end, my sickness ramped up a bit more even mm-hmm. again. So um, I was just in survival mode a bit. Um, yeah, I didn't do any expressing because um, I was actually going to talk to my midwife about that, um, the appointment that was scheduled, but I had, um, but I gave birth. So <laughs> didn't get to that point. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Cool. Well, we may as well um, use that as a segue to jump into your labour and birth story. So do you want to talk us through your labour starting? How far along were you? And then, yeah, through your labour and birth story. Yeah, so um, I was 38 weeks and two days. And um, I started, I sort of woke up about 4.30 in the morning and I was like, oh, you know, I've got these kind of saw Braxton Hicks so that's a bit weird and um was trying not to think too much of it because I think I was so holding out to get the baby out of me that mm. um I was sort of thought that I might be you know creating something in my head that wasn't really there so I was trying not to get um too excited yeah. and those that sort of feeling of like just 
just tightness and um, I, w- I wouldn't even call it achy if it really wasn't that sore, um, mm. but just a different sensation, I guess, um, lasted sort of throughout the day and, and they were about, you know, eight to 10 minutes apart, maybe sometimes five minutes apart. And I got to a point at midday where I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I think this might be early labour. Um, mm. And even though I was still kind of in denial, <laughs> but um, trying not to get my hopes up. And so we just had, my husband and I just had quite a chill day at home and um, watched a couple of movies and just tried to distract myself really um, yeah. all throughout that, that day. And then um, I found that any time I was lying on my side or lying down, contractions would sort of ease off and so I went to bed and I thought oh fat chance that I'm going to get any sleep here but I'll I'll try and go to sleep and see what happens and Mm -hmm. um ended up falling asleep which was great and Mm -hmm. woke up again at about 2am and I was like oh okay yeah this is definitely a lot more intense Mm -hmm. um and at that stage I was getting contractions maybe every five minutes and they were lasting about 40 to 40 seconds to a minute um but yeah I was just breathing through them and using those breathing techniques to get through each one and um at this stage I I had woken my um, husband up and I was like yeah okay this is the real deal it's happening and um yeah I just felt really positive and quite in control the whole time which was really nice and I was just laboring here at home and um was yeah I was trying to I had a TENS machine and um a birth comb but I was like oh I don't know how how much more intense this is going to get so I wanted Mm -hmm. to save them which in hindsight I probably should have just used them but (laughs) um was just really trying to like keep all the tools till it got worse Mm -hmm. I guess it's probably not really a good word to use but um yeah and then so that went on for a couple of hours and at about 4am we thought oh okay we should probably call our midwife now and um just check in because they were getting more frequent and really yeah. intense so we called her and um she was like yep yeah, cool sounds good I'll I'll pop in she, she was about 45 minutes away so like yeah sweet as and in that 45 minutes things escalated quite quick mm-hmm. and they went from being bearable um able to breathe through them to being really intense and um I was using the TENS machine at this stage which was Mm -hmm. great I loved that Mm -hmm. um and I was sort of um groaning through them I guess a bit more and felt a little less in control maybe Mm -hmm. uh yeah I don't know I still felt in control but just yeah a lot more intense um and so my midwife got to our house about five-ish and 5am and um she said she took one look at one of the contractions and thought oh yeah okay this is this is going and so um she's like I'm just gonna check you she checked me and I was fully dilated oh wow yeah so I had in my mind I was so scared of her getting to our house and saying oh you're one centimeter or two centimeters or (laughs) something like that so I had really prepared myself like don't get disappointed and and when she said I was fully dilated I was like what (laughs) um and she said do you want to have the baby here at home and I was like no 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 I had not prepared for that like I just hadn't even thought about it as a possibility um and she's like, okay, well, we've got to go now. And luckily we only live about 10 minutes from the hospital and it was really early in the morning. So there was no traffic, but yeah. um, we got in the car and I was like, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to have a car, baby. <laughs> like all these thoughts going through my mind. And um, and my poor husband, I think that was the scariest drive of his entire life. <laughs> it was just, it was. Like, I was like having these intense contractions in the car and he's just like, you're doing great. Good job. <laughs> oh my god what's going on um so yeah we got to the hospital and had a contraction in the foyer which um was you know part of the course I guess I think that happens to a lot of women um and it was all very quick so we got sort of rushed off down to the birthing suite and I was just glad that I'd made it to the hospital at this point um 
and I, my midwife was just incredible and she was just like yep cool you know really cool calm and collected and I was like oh my gosh what's going on um we got in there and I vomited just one last good old vomit before um <laughs> for the end of pregnancy <laughs> and at the same time my waters broke which was like just a really bizarre sensation to me yeah. I don't know it wasn't what I expected but um yeah waters broke and I was like this baby's coming out now whether I like it or not I was having urges to push in the car but I was holding him in and um yeah got on the bed and just started pushing and 40 minutes later he was here (laughs) amazing and how did you find that pushing experience like did you have any um pain relief at all did you like what how would you describe that sort of pushing sensation to somebody else who hasn't done it yet I feel like it's a really hard thing to explain, mm-hmm. but um, I, I didn't have any pain relief because we. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Didn't have time for it. So, yeah. Um, just sort of got into it and started pushing but it was like um I don't know if it was in your birth project or somewhere else that I saw online that it's it's like when your body has that involuntary feeling of vomiting it's Mm. sort of almost like a similar um thing that happens that it's not you're not choosing for it to happen and you're Mm. not um like but I still didn't feel out of control yeah. It's it just all felt very natural and it would sort of come in these waves of feeling okay I need to push now and um and that my body would sort of initiate it for me and I'd just give a bit more oomph to try and get mm. him out um but the first yeah the first couple of pushes were definitely not like I was really scared and I was I think I said to my midwife I'm scared and she was like okay do a long push and it was like short as and not not good at all but once you sort of get a bit more confident and you're just like get this baby out um yeah yeah, yeah it comes a bit more naturally yeah amazing and did you feel the ring of fire that everybody talked about and was that like something that you had thought about in your pregnancy that made you anxious like the actual giving birth part um and yeah what was the actual experience like yeah um I think that yeah I was really anxious about um the actual giving birth part because in the past I'd been to a pelvic floor physio and I had a hyper a hyperactive pelvic floor or um mm-hmm. like really strong pelvic floor which sounds great but it's it's kind of not when it, you want mm. it to be sort of in the middle there but um so I was so so nervous about tearing or the ring of fire or anything like that mm. um and I definitely felt it <laughs> I'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. But I think you're so focused and you have such a job to do that mm. it didn't overwhelm me as much as I thought it would. Yeah. And um, I, did, I did end up tearing um, in a few places, but I couldn't have tell, told you when it happened. I would, mm. you know, you're just sort of so in the zone that, yeah. And it's, um, I don't know, it's just you forget about it so quickly, don't you? Mm. You do. <laughs> I think that was a thing. Like I even thought about it in my um, pregnancy as well. I remember particularly with Jai, I was like, oh, you'll f- like, I'll know that exact moment that like yeah. I tear and that will be the most painful part. I think like for a lot of people and definitely um, for, for you, it sounds like, and for me, like you, you don't actually know the moment that that happens or um, no. it doesn't feel like what you'd think it would feel like if you were just sitting there and then you had this vaginal tear right yeah yeah exactly and that was yeah. what I imagined that that's you can you know especially um I had sort of gone on gone in with the intention that if I have to get an epidural that's cool or if I feel mm. like I need some pain relief cool I was really open to anything but obviously the way it all happened we didn't quite have time for that um mm. and so when I started initially started pushing I was I remember the thought going through my mind of, oh my gosh, I'm going to feel everything. Yeah. Um, and 
I did, but also, yeah, I, I couldn't pinpoint when, and I didn't actually know that I had um, torn it all until mm. the midwife told me. Um, yeah. Yeah, you just have a job to do, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And how did you feel, like, when he was born? Did they pop him up on your chest? How did you find out that he was a he? Um, yeah, what was that moment like? Yeah, um, it was very surreal, which is, I think, a word that a lot of people use, but you just, I just didn't quite understand it until you're in that moment. And mm. um, I sort of, I was, I was um, pushing on my um, knees and leaning over the back of the bed. So I sort of, once he was out, I turned over and um, my midwife popped him up on my chest and um, my husband was like, oh, we've had a boy, we've had a boy. And I think, funnily enough, it was sort of the most anti- anticlimactic part of finding out he was a boy because I was just like, oh my gosh, I just had a baby. I don't care yeah. what gender um, it is. I just, yeah. is, is the baby okay? Am I okay? You know, so much has just happened that um, finding out the baby's gender was sort of like, not as big of a thing as I thought it was going to be um but yeah and then once I had a moment to sort of look at him and be like oh my gosh I've just had this baby I think Mm. I said about 20 times I just had a baby I just had a baby (laughs) and Ben was like yeah you did and I was like oh my god um it was such a cool moment to a finally I was like oh my gosh I'm not pregnant anymore thank lord um but b just have have him on my chest and look at him and be like oh this is what you look like I've (laughs) wondered what you've looked like this whole time and um and what you would be and his his eyes were so wide open he was just like Mm -hmm. staring so so wide and it was such a cool feeling yeah yeah amazing and did you feel like a fucking superstar like oh I just just feel like that feeling of like euphoria (laughs) but you've had this like pretty quick labor right like I'm I know you mentioned that you expected to be one centimeter and you were 10 and then things happened pretty quick from there so were you just feeling like on top of the world yeah oh absolutely like I think that the whole thing happened so quickly it didn't really give me much time to think about the next step so like those sort of you know we went from labor to more intense labor to pushing this baby out relatively mm-hmm. quickly and it all just happened so quick that I was so overwhelmed when I, I just remember lying there and looking at Ben and just being like I can't believe I just did that mm-hmm. and I think like I've never um looked at myself as a super like one of those people that's really like mentally strong and can just push through mm. anything and and you know you know those people that are like super active and they might go run ultra marathons and all that sort of stuff yes, yeah, I'm just yeah. not one of those like I love activity but I'm not going to yeah. be pushing myself to do an ultra marathon and so I was like oh my gosh am I going to cope am I going to be able to handle it um mm. but I think the biggest thing I kept telling myself was like so many people have done this before your body's actually made for this Mm. and you will be okay it will be fine I felt like I was in really good hands with my midwife she was amazing um I could just like praise her all day every day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. having been there its support was just incredible as well but I just yeah. yeah I just fell on top of the world I was like man I'm a weapon I just did that <laughs> yeah amazing it's so cool and what sort of happened next like they did they need to stitch um the tears that you had and yeah, what did the next few hours um, after birth look like for you? Yeah, so um, we, at that point, I just had um, baby on my chest and, um, yeah, I had to have a few stitches. I'm not sure how many. Um, I didn't, didn't bother asking. Oh, well, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, and it was funny because I sort of wondered how I would feel if there were people in the room while my legs were open and, like, you know full show to the world but I just couldn't care less I was like this you know just had Max on my chest and it seemed like there were no you know worries in the world almost at that Mm. point um so yeah I had to get some stitches I'm not sure how long they took but I had local um anesthetics so I didn't really feel them I felt a couple which were not nice but Mm -hmm. um but it was it was fine and 
um we just yeah it was a pretty chill chill early morning and um I remember my midwife asked me if I wanted some toast and a hot chocolate and I was like mm-hmm. oh yes please and yeah. it was the best toast I've ever had in my life um <laughs> and I remember drinking this hot chocolate and thinking oh my gosh I'm not gonna vomit this is incredible mm. um because that sensation just went away immediately as soon Isn't as the placenta insane? was out yeah it was and people had said that but I just couldn't fathom not feeling sick yeah. and I couldn't yeah I almost couldn't wrap my head around that yeah it was going to happen so instantly but it did and mm. I was just that was another thing that was really overwhelming was just being like oh my gosh I don't feel like I'm going to be sick mm. um which was great and yeah we just um had a pretty chill time Ben had his first hold while I went and had a shower and that was the best shower of my life it felt like um yeah. and yeah and then we got um eventually once I was all sorted and um Max was all all ready we got wheeled onto maternity ward yeah amazing and how did you go with feeding and yeah what did that look like um we have had a bit of a journey with feeding it's still going um yeah yeah, it's um it was definitely a lot more of a challenge than I thought it was going to be um just figuring it out I guess and um Mm. and him learning as much as I'm learning and um we ended up the first night first night yeah the first night um we had Max he ended up having to go down to Skaboo for a night um and so I was having to get up and go down to Skaboo and um they're quite there's quite a distance between Skaboo and the maternity ward where we were staying um and so that was a bit of a challenge just getting down there to feed him because obviously I was still pretty sore and um and figuring that out down there while he had all these cords on him and all sorts of stuff I feel like it just made the whole process a little bit more stressful as well mm-hmm. but um but we got there eventually I feel like my boobs have grown like 20,000 sizes but um <laughs> yeah 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 and what was he in Skibu for like what was that um sort of process and how did you find that whole experience in Skibu um yeah so he that night the night that um the first night he just was making these really odd sounds and obviously I mean I've never had a newborn before I didn't really know what to expect and what was normal and so we called the um midwives that were one of the midwives that was on the ward at the time and just got her to come have a listen and she's like oh yeah he does sound a bit um they call it singing um like singing singing babies or something like that I could be wrong here Mm. but um and it was just yeah quite noisy and sounded like he was struggling to breathe a bit and he was drawing in his chest a lot and so they said oh we'll just get him checked by the pediatricians and um we'll just you know we'll just see and then got him checked and um they recommended that we took him down to Skibu which was quite overwhelming I just wasn't expecting it um Mm at the time and we went down with him and it seemed like everything was happening all at once and um he was getting tubes down his throat and um machines put on him and cords attached to him and Mm. all the stuff that we had no idea what it was and I was highly emotional (laughs) after just giving him um So I was, I was quite upset and there was this lovely nurse there at the time that just sort of said, he's okay, he just needs some help breathing and he'll be all right and, um, and just sort of calmed me down a little bit, which was really nice. Mm. And all of the um, Skaboo team and, and the midwifery team actually at Whangarei Hospital were just so incredible um, and really good at explaining what was going on to us I guess because Mm. you know it's all so new for us and we didn't know what was happening but um essentially what happened is he um because he came out so quick he just got some mucus in his lungs Mm. and um was struggling to breathe a bit so he was in Skaboo for a couple of days or a night and two days and um then he was able to come back with us yeah yeah awesome and how long after that did you leave the hospital 
Um, we ended up leaving, we stayed three nights. Um, we were quite lucky. We had a room to ourselves, which I think made a big difference in mm. um, just the comfort of being in hospital. I guess it's, it's mm. not the same as being in your own home. Um, and so it was quite nice to just be able to have that private space while we're learning yeah. all these things and um, figuring him out. Um, and yeah, I think I was probably just, I was quite anxious to go home just because of the, the trip down to Skaboo and mm. not feeling super confident in, um, myself, I guess. And knowing whether or not he was okay, I think yeah. Ben probably would have gone home a little bit sooner because he was not enjoying the lazy boy chair that he had to sleep yeah. in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we... I, I was also glad that I was there that third night though, because we had a really hard night and um, I think we were all crying, me, mm -hmm. Max and Ben. And mm -hmm. um, it was really good that we had the support of the midwives there that night. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And yeah, one in particular was just amazing and um, just came and spent some time with us and mm -hmm. helped me with feeding. And yeah, it was just also overwhelming and it had been yeah. such a long journey. Um, to this point that yeah I'm glad we stayed for that amount of time but I was also very ready to come home <laughs> yeah and how did you find that experience of coming home what was it like um, adjusting to life as a mum and yeah what did those next couple of weeks look like uh, coming home was bizarre <laughs> I was like we have this small child now that's a part of our home and yeah. um, or part of our our family and it was just, I don't know, it was so um, surreal. I had always dreamed about being a mum and especially during pregnancy, I was hanging on to just not being pregnant anymore and just having a baby yeah. here. And that he was finally here was so um, overwhelming, but so cool. And um, yeah, the drive home from the hospital was pretty nerve wracking, <laughs> just yeah. having a little baby in the car and I think I didn't take my eyes off him the whole time because I was just so like, oh my gosh, I've got a baby in the car. Mm. Um, and yeah, those first couple of weeks, I think adjusting to the new sleep schedule was um, a bit tricky, but you get used to it pretty quickly, I think. Well, we did anyway. Um, and just, yeah, still figuring out feeding and all of that sort of stuff and um just getting used to new life I guess was yeah. the main thing we didn't really put any pressure on ourselves to um do a whole lot other than just you know raise a newborn I guess <laughs> which yeah. is yeah. a lot in itself as I've learned um it absolutely is. <laughs> yep <laughs> um and we had yeah some visits from our midwife who again was just amazing um and she was she was super supportive and especially because there's there's so many emotions in those first couple of weeks mm. or especially the first week for me anyway um yeah. you know I didn't know what way it was up and I was like you know my boobs were sore and bleeding and I was mm. sore and I was crying but then I was happy and then I was you know who knows what um mm. but yeah it was really really um surreal I keep using that word but I don't know how else to explain it yeah it's very very appropriate I think yeah um and what about your recovery physically from birth how did you find that and were you using anything like was there anything in particular that was helpful for you um or any sort of tips that you'd give to other mums who have a vaginal birth yeah um I actually found recovery a lot smoother than I thought I was I think I was quite mm -hmm. lucky yeah, my stitches healed really well. Um, the couple of things I found really useful were I used a mini pump bottle um, just as, as like a peri bottle almost. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was really helpful just to take the sting away while I was going to the toilet um, yeah. and to also just keep things really clean and, um, yeah, that sort, of, that sort of thing. And I also used... Um, some friends got me a Viva La Vulva kit with witch hazel, oh, cool. witch hazel and 
um, yeah. all of those goodies in it. So I used that um, as well during the healing process, which I think really helped. I mean, I don't know any different, but um, mm -hmm. it was really nice to have that after birth and just feel like I'd been like given something for me as well. Yeah, 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 sure. Awesome. And what about like, you know, what did you find the most useful when Max was really little? Were you swaddling him? Was he sleeping in a bassinet and a cot in your bed? Like, what did all of that sort of stuff look like for you? Um, for, yeah, I found silverette cups were uh, yeah. amazing. Like, yeah. I don't know what's in those, but they were incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, recommend them to everyone that is planning to breastfeed. Um, <laughs> and then as far as Max goes, yeah, we swaddle him. Um, he is such a wriggler and mm. will wake himself up in two seconds if we don't. So mm. we actually found, um, we did try to swaddle with muslin wraps, but he would just get out of them. And I don't know if yeah. it was, I mean, it was probably our technique as well, because we don't know what we're doing. But um, the, we've used the, I think they're called mum to mum, and they're oh, like yeah. a Velcro swaddle. Yeah. Um, and that's worked really well for us. We tried a few different ones. We tried the Love to Dream, um, like more free swaddles, but he didn't really like those. Um, yeah, the Velcro ones have been the best for us so far. And um, yeah, he sleeps in his own. Um, we've got a little co-sleeper that we use um, just so that we can, you know, pop my hand there if he needs to mm. in the middle of the night, if he gets a little fussy or... Um, yeah but he's still very much into his contact naps during the day he doesn't really get a whole lot of sleeping done in the cot yeah 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 awesome and what about you and Ben how have things like changed between you two in terms of your relationship dynamic being parents like you've gone mm -hmm. from you know your relationship just the two of you to adding this little human that needs your constant attention yeah. um so how have you found that and like how are you sort of sharing the parental load and yeah what does that look like for you guys yeah we talked about it a lot before we had max and mm. um we something that we really really try to do is have really open communication between the two of us and mm. i think our relationship changes was something that made me quite anxious during pregnancy because I'm like oh, I really like our relationship I don't want it to be any different um but I think it's just going to you know you can't bring a newborn into your world and expect mm. that everything's going to be the same because it's just mm. not but in saying that we've just really tried to keep checking in with each other we try and check in with each other at the end of each day um and just you know not not anything lengthy or um, any you know huge deep and meaningful conversations each night but um, just how you going how you finding things are you okay um, and especially with you know we've got quite different roles now Ben having gone mm. back to work and I'm staying at home with Max that we're both tired or um, emotional in different ways at the end of the day mm. so I think just being aware that no one's got neither of us have harder jobs um they're just different and yeah. just trying to navigate that and listen to each other and be there for each other and tap in and tap out when we need to and um yeah Ben's amazing I mean I wouldn't have married him if I didn't think he wasn't but um <laughs> yeah. he's yeah just the best dad and he's so hands-on and and I think um, I knew that he was going to be like that, just how he was during my pregnancy, because he mm. was so supportive and it took on pretty much everything as far as the household um, chores and jobs and all that sort of stuff mm. goes when I was sick. And so it's actually been almost probably easier because I've been able to do a lot more. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just figuring out those roles that we both like or don't like doing. Like, mm. Ben does most of our washing because I just hate doing washing, whereas <laughs> yeah. I'll do most of the cleaning because I prefer to clean or, you know, whatever yeah. it is, and just fig figuring out our rhythm. Yeah, yeah, 
absolutely yeah. that's a great tip <laughs> amazing yeah. and when it comes to birth like obviously lots of people who listen to this podcast are um coming here for some birth uh information education experience whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it um so what would be like a tip or some advice or anything like that that you might give to someone who is going to be giving birth soon I think feeling really um supported and and safe with those that you choose to be around you in your birth is really important Mm. and Mm. also just trusting yourself I think that was the biggest thing for me is that I was like you know my body knows what it's doing so many people have gone through this before whatever happens happens and I'm super well supported and um and just trying to be really positive about it and that Mm. you know it's going to be hard and it is a challenge but that doesn't mean it has to be negative it can be a positive experience and still be challenging yeah 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 Absolutely. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story today. I really loved speaking with you. And yeah, it was beautiful to hear about your birth where I absolutely um, think you are a superstar. So well done. Um, yeah, just super grateful that you're willing to share. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. As always, thank you so much for having me in your ears today and joining me for this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I am so grateful to have you here. I will be back with another birth story episode on Thursday and hopefully some bonus content for you throughout the week too. So make sure you check back for that. Hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. Leave me a review if you want to. I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, I will speak to you again very soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.